0: It's good to see everybody this morning, and uh, we're so excited to see everybody here. And uh, I'm going to talk this morning. I'm just going to jump right in because I wondered, you know, uh, every time I kind of come to the end of one series, I kind of wonder, well, Lord, what do you really want me to talk on next? And uh, a lot of times what I preach on, it's what's going on in my life, or it's kind of what God has placed on my heart that's going on with a lot of other people's lives. And so what happened in the last few weeks was, uh, as I was asking God, Lord, what should I really preach on next? Um, I just I ended up doing some marriage counseling. And uh, I ended up finding there's a lot of people struggling. There's a lot of marriages struggling. There's a lot of relationships struggling. Uh, all this quarantine is a little too much togetherness. Amen. And so if you've been stuck with your spouse in the house, amen, I'm going to write a book, cat in the hat, spouse in the house. Amen. Uh, but if you've been, uh, it's been a little too much togetherness with you, that's kind of what I'm going to talk about because, uh, I had uh, two in particular marriages that, uh, you know, they're, they're believers, they're strong Christians. Uh, but they just came in and said, we are really, struggling in our relationship and so usually if god is kind of sending me and showing me that uh if it's with two or three marriages then probably that means there's a whole lot more that haven't said anything and so i'm going to preach uh on kind of marriage but don't freak out if you're not married, all right? Because this is going to apply to every relationship. And it's also going to apply even if you're not married. Probably everybody in here at least hopes to be married again. Or, uh, or you can give wisdom of what you learned to somebody else. Uh, or, you know, you can say, you know what? Uh, my first marriage, you know, my first, second, third marriage, whatever, I did some things wrong, but I want to try and do it right this time. Amen. I don't know how many times you've been married, but that's your business, not my business. Amen. Uh, but here's the thing. Every relationship should strive to be better. Amen. Whether that be a marriage relationship, whether that be a friendship, whether that be a brother, sister, whatever the case. So really all these things can apply to every relationship, not just a marriage relationship. But if I I talk about marriage a lot, that's because that'll be the main thing we're kind of hitting here, okay? So relationship goals and the next, Today and the next three weeks after this, I'm going to talk about something we should strive for in our marriages and in our relationships. And this is great, too, even if you're just dating, even if you're not married, guess what? When is the time to become the best husband and wife you can be? After you get married, that's wonderful. It's never too late to start. But really, the best time to start is before you ever get married. Amen? If you want to be in a good, strong, godly marriage, you can't be a heathen before. Amen? The best way to have a godly marriage is is try to be a godly man before you get married or be a, learn to be a godly woman before you get married. Amen. And we're going to hit on all that today. So I'm just going to jump right in here about marriage. Hopefully everybody in here is either married or you're striving to be married one day. And young people, I want you to get some things now that will teach you how to have a great marriage uh, when that comes your way. Amen. So these are good things. Write them all down. Uh, again, nothing, not much of it's original to me, uh, but I've tried to get from some of the greatest minds they're out there. First scripture is going to be in Genesis chapter 2, verses 18 through 24. All right. And uh, Brother Matthew, if you'll just tell me when I hit the last one uh, so I know when I'm done here. But this is Genesis chapter 2. This is kind of God at the beginning establishing the first marriage. And we probably all read this, but let's reread it. All right. And the Lord God said, it is not good that a man should be alone. So, guys, if you've ever wondered who to blame for your wife, it's God. Amen? It's not good that a man should be alone, all right? I will make him a helper comparable to him, all right? Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air, and he brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name, all right? So, Adam gave names to all cattle, to the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. So uh, God uh, created everything for Adam before he gets uh, to the piece de resistance, if you will. Amen. Before he gets to the crowning jewel. All right. Uh, all right. Next verse. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs, and he closed up the flesh in its place. Amen. Now, men, how did, how did God want you to treat your wife? Anybody in here like ribs? Amen. Oh, I love ribs. Amen. So God, that's how precious this lady is. She made you out of, out of a rib. Amen. All right. I don't know man hardly don't like ribs. All right. That's a joke, y'all. Don't take me too seriously. All right. Let's move on. That joke went over like a lead balloon. All right. Here we go. Uh, then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. All right. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called, whoa, man, because she was taken out of man. So men, look at your wife and say, whoa, man. (laughs) Brother Mark's trying to be funny. Y'all just go with it. All right. All right. So God created woman for you. All right. Again, if you want to blame anybody, for your spouse you can blame god this is the way god designed it god didn't design for man to be alone god designed for man to have a helper and for him to have a woe man all right and for him to have a helpmate all right therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife and now this is very important and they shall become one flesh i'm standing i'm sorry matthew <laughs> i'm gonna i stand up every once in a while i sit back down i keep matthew jumping back there all right so the most important phrase of that is and they shall become one flesh now that's pretty serious when you get married to your spouse i don't know if you paid attention to those vows quite honestly i don't know what you remember about your wedding day it's all a blur to me i remember the preacher asking me something And I remember me saying some things behind him. I remember uh, saying I do to a bunch of stuff. But quite honestly, if you're like me, that wedding day was just kind of a a blur. Amen. But if you go back and you watch the videotape, let's pull out the videotape and go back and look. Pay attention to the vows that you said. They're actually very serious. And they're pretty stout. And basically, in the the vows there, you commit... To, I'm going to join this woman, and we are joining together, and we shall become one flesh. And then uh, there's a part that comes after that. And it says, what God has joined together, let no man pull asunder. Amen. Now, that's pretty serious. That's a pretty serious commitment, wouldn't you say? I say that's a very serious commitment. That's why I don't take your marriage vows lightly. Listen, on the best of days, marriages work. Can I get an amen? Come on, couples, you can say amen on the best of days. Marriage is work, amen? Marriage is hard work, all right? But guess what? The word divorce should never be in your vocabulary. I tell couples, one of the first things I say when I do marriage counseling is all them little threats that you do, because we've talked about this. When men and women fight, we turn back into five-year-olds. We tend to get very childish, very selfish, and we start to call each other names. And we start to throw words out that we should never throw out. You should never let the word divorce be in your vocabulary. Once you get married, can I say this to you, married couples? If, even if it's, you're starting in the middle here, whatever. Throw out the word divorce from your vocabulary. You don't need to know it. You don't need to use it. It never needs a part. For what God has joined together, what? Let no man pull asunder. All right? So the word divorce doesn't even need to be in your vocabulary. I know couples that want to throw that word at each other all the time. Well, I may just divorce you. Well, if you don't do the way I like and if you don't And they just throw that word out there all the, every time they have a fight, every time they have an argument, every time they get sideways with each other, they throw the word divorce at. Can I tell you, there are things that you say that will wound your spouse that are very hard to get back. They're very hard to heal that person. All right? And you will say things to your wife. Words are extremely powerful. Words will cut you deeper than a knife could ever cut you. In fact, I would say most of us would probably rather be cut physically than emotionally. Because when somebody tells you you're not worth anything, or you're ugly, or you're, uh, you're worthless, or you'll never amount to anything, or nobody would ever want to be married to you, words like that, that you cannot take those words back. I call them, they're like toothpaste. Once it's out of the tube, it ain't going back in the tube. Once those words come out of your mouth, there is no healing that, all right? And so one of the greatest pieces of marriage and relationship advice I can give you is watch your mouth. Think before you speak, even in, especially in anger. Be very, very careful about the words that come out of your mouth, all right? Now, can I tell you this? How many of you like romantic comedies? Come on. How many of you like romantic comedies? A lot of women. Men, I like romantic comedies. I'm going, I'm going to confess right here. Amen? I like romantic comedies. But can I tell you this? I love watching romantic comedies. They're awesome, and they're very entertaining. Some of them are very funny. But can I tell you this? A romantic comedy, a movie, that is not reality. Reality. So here's the problem. Here's the issue. I love watching a romantic comedy, but I need to remember when I'm watching that romantic comedy, that's fantasy. That's not reality. That is a movie. Not everything comes with a nice two-hour wrap-it-up-with-a-bow happy ending. Amen. Real marriage is hard, isn't it? Real marriage is not that pretty. It's not that fun all the time. You're not laughing and giggling all the time. There are some real hard things to marriage, aren't there? There are some real hard things to any relationship, all right? So a good marriage is not a destination, but a real marriage is an ongoing journey. That's a good statement right there. A good marriage is not a destination. It's an ongoing journey. You may say, you know what, honey? We had a great day today. Can I tell you this? Watch out because tomorrow may be hell on earth. Now, is that true? Married couples, is that not true? So today, and all your, all your happy ending today, maybe your little romantic comedy came to a perfect little ending today. That is no guarantee about tomorrow, is it? Tomorrow, all hell could break loose. So you need to understand that this is real life. This is work, all right? And just because we had success today, does not mean we're going to have success tomorrow. So it is an ongoing journey every single day, all right? Okay, uh, so in sharing with you for, over the next four weeks, I'm going to share a lot about this lovely young woman over here because I ain't married to you. Thank God, amen. I'm married to that woman, all right? And, uh, and God has blessed me, all right? But I can only share about you uh, my marriage, my journey, all right? So I'll share a little bit about that. Um, Julie and I... Are opposites. I know it's a real shocker. Amen. You say, "Well, yeah, she's good looking, and you're ugly." That's about that about sizes it up. Amen. No, but even more so than that. You know, God bless me. I prayed for a righteous fox. You want to know what's uh, what'll how I can prove to you the prayer works? Right there. Men, start praying for a righteous fox. Amen. God'll give you better than you deserve. Amen. So, uh, but guess what? It's not all rainbows and unicorns. Amen. We fight, we see things differently. Your spouse, most likely, that whole opposites attract thing, it's very, very true. And you are wired totally different, all right? And so she sees things one way, I tend to see things a totally different way because we are wired different and we are opposites, all right? So we're opposites, most marriages are. Marriage is a road filled with massive miscommunications. Honey, would you agree? Most of the time, it's miscommunication one of the greatest problems in marriages is miscommunication or non-communication all right and so men a lot of times that's our fault. here's what i have found now i'm only sharing with you what i have discovered women like to vocalize the men are being very quiet in the room right now amen women like to talk things out they're they're more emotional this is the way they're wired and god wired them that way men we tend to, yeah, nope. Yeah, we're just straightforward, blunt. Just get to the point. Just get to the point, all right? You know, that's what I, what I tell her. What are we fighting about? Just tell me what we're fighting about, and let's get to the point. Let's get it over with, amen? That's how men do, all right? And so we are very opposites, all right? And women tend uh, to want to talk it out and all that. And men, many times, the, the communication, especially the non-communication thing, many times men, that's our fault because we are not big talkers. And we don't want to talk it out many times. I, can I share this with you? I don't like conflict. Amen? If I know i got a conflict with you, I see you in Walmart, I'm probably going down another aisle. Amen? That's me. I don't like conflict. I don't want to, I don't relish it. Amen? And so when Julie wants to fight, you know, Julie's ready. Hey, come on, let's get in here and let's fight about this. And I'm like, no, I'm going to the bedroom. When you cool off, you can, tell, you can come get me, all right? That's And that's probably pretty common with a lot of men and women, all right? Because now, I'm not saying... Everybody's that way, but as a general rule, uh, it tends to kind of go that way. So, men, many times, we just shut down. When I get angry, I just shut down. I just shut down and stop talking. Amen? And Julie knows that. Now, we've been married how many years, Julie? (laughs) That was a test. 35 years. 35 years. We've been married 35 years. And... I've, one thing we've learned over 35 years is that she's learned kind of how I operate. I've learned kind of how she operates. And so she knows what things. Well, one advantage to that is you learn what things to look for. And she knows when I get angry, I'm probably just going to shut down. Amen. And uh, and I know with her, she's going to do the opposite of shut down. Amen. Uh, she's coming, and she wants to talk about it. All right. And she will follow me into the bedroom. I'll try to go to the bedroom, shut the door, and she will follow me in there. Amen. So that's just, that's my marriage. Maybe that's yours. I don't know. All right. Uh, Massive miscommunication. Marriage can be filled with painful misunderstandings. Amen. Hurt feelings. Um, Listen, again, you've got to be very careful what you say, especially in the heat of the moment, especially in the heat of the moment. And it will be filled with intense conversations. Now, that's preacher talk for fights. (laughs) It will be filled with fights. All right. If you tell me, brother mark we don't me and my wife we don't fight well god bless you you need to come teach class amen uh because i'll tell you with opposites there are going to be fights amen now you you and your wife may fight very quietly maybe y'all don't get real loud and real vocal but and maybe they're not all out fights but there will definitely be disagreements because not everybody sees things the same way and here's what happens in most marriage counseling when people come to see me the wife comes in says you need to fix him then I said, "Okay, you go send your, go send your husband." And he comes in, says, "You need to fix her," and I bring them both back in. I say, "That ain't gonna happen. I I can't. You can't fix him. You can't fix her. And you got to, the only person you can fix is you. All right. And so, and here's what I tell them: Also, you you think you're fighting about who's right and who's wrong? That's not even the fight." 99.9% of the time your fights have nothing to do with right or wrong it has to do with i see it this way you see it this way there's really no right or wrong it's just that i see this is the way we need to handle it and i see this is the way we need to handle it and there is no right or wrong and that's why you never seem to get to the end of that argument because there's no right or wrong it's just i have this viewpoint you have the, can and can i let me set you free you will never agree because you're wired completely different and that's okay And you need to learn how to disagree. You need to learn how to fight like two adults and disagree like two adults, not like two little five-year-olds in the sandbox. Amen? All right. Let's see here. Julie and I can both be stubborn. Amen? Amen, Julie? Uh, We can both be demanding. We can both be selfish. Uh, We fight or disagree about the house. We fight or disagree about junk. Uh, We fight or disagree about how to load the dishwasher. Uh, We fight or disagree about how I drive. We fight and disagree about how she drives. Uh, We fight and disagree about how long I run the water, the temperature in the water, the temperature in the house. Can I get an amen on that? Uh, How to discipline the kids, what to watch on the TV, where to eat, when to eat, what to eat, and how I eat. (laughs) And that's just the beginning. The list is much longer than that. Amen. So, in other words, you're going to disagree about everything. And, again, it's not a right or a wrong thing. Uh, It's just about two differing opinions and the way she's wired and the way I'm wired. Now, God did that. Why does God make opposites attract? He did that so that we could complement each other, that she could have strengths that I don't have, and uh, where my weaknesses are, she can step up and vice versa. That's, the why, that's why God made it that way. Because so, she is to what? Just like that verse said, she is to be a helper. She is to be my helpmate. She is to compliment me Ugh, and all the things, all right? So next slide. Uh, relationship goals. Um, I want different. Maybe you want your marriage to be better. I hope you do. Because everybody in here, I don't care. We can take the best marriage in here and every every marriage could be made better. I don't care how good it is, all right? So let's say, let's just assume everybody wants to be a little bit better, all right? Number one, Christ-centered. That's what we're talking about today. Number two, mission-driven. That's what we're going to talk about next week. Then the next week, number three, devil-kicking. Sometimes you got to kick the devil out of your marriage. Can I get an amen? Because, can I tell you this? Do you know John 10.10? John 10.10, 10, part of it says this, that the enemy... Comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Can I tell you this? The devil wants to steal your marriage, kill your marriage, and destroy your marriage. Because marriage is ordained of God. And the devil wants to steal, kill, and destroy it. Every good and perfect thing in your life. And especially your marriage. Your relationship with your kids. The devil wants to steal, kill, and destroy it. Your relationship with the rest of your family. The devil wants to steal, kill, and destroy it. And so sometimes you got to tell the devil, not today, not today, devil. And devil kicking. Number four uh, will be covenant keeping. And again, marriage is a covenant between you, the person you married, and God. Many people just only want to think it's a covenant with two. No, it's not. It is a covenant with three, and God is at the center of it, all right? And that's the way it should be. So Christ-centered, all right? Start acknowledging uh, your life marriage. Is centered around something now, everybody in here your life and your marriage is centered around something uh, I don't know what it is only you can answer this it may be self <clears throat> are you totally selfish is your marriage all about you well I don't like when she does this I don't like the way she does that I don't like the way this goes and I don't like the way she does that listen that's totally selfish I don't need my job is not to shape and mold my wife into being like me. That's the, absolutely the worst thing I could do. My, my job is to celebrate the differences in my wife because that is meant to compliment me. Amen? And that is meant to help me, all right? My job is not to shape her into thinking. See, many men and many women think, I want to make my spouse to think like I do. No, you do not. You think that's what you want, but that is not what you want. Because I've seen... People who are not two opposites. I've seen people who are too, uh, too much alike. And guess what? If both of you are a slob, you're going to live in a pigsty. If neither one of you like to cook, you're both going to eat out a lot, and you're probably going to get fat. Amen? I'm just I'm going to be real here. Amen? Uh, if, uh, you know, if you both like to talk, you're probably going to frustrate each other because you're going to end up talking on top of each other all the time. All right? That's why there tends to be one talker and one more quiet. All right? My dad, my mom used to say all the time, she said, your dad don't say much, but he said he don't have to because I do enough talking for both of us. <laughs> and that's usually the way it is. Amen. So don't, don't get frustrated by the differences in your spouse. Learn to celebrate them and learn that they're that way for a reason, okay? All right. Next scripture is Matthew twenty-two thirty-six thirty-seven. 37. It says this teacher, and you, we all know this, uh, the guy came to Jesus, he said, teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. All right? Uh, for those who are not married yet, and this is what I was saying earlier. I want you to take a picture of this, especially if you're single. Do you want a Christ-centered marriage in the future? Then live a Christ-centered life today. You, if you're wanting a godly marriage, you can't have the attitude well, I'm gonna go sleep with everybody, and I'm gonna go drink, I'm gonna go party, I'm just gonna live my life uh, like a hellion, and then God will send me somebody, and then I will get, I'll get right with God, and then I'll become a godly person, and we'll have a godly marriage. Nope, that is not the way it works, and that ain't the way it's gonna happen. Can I get an amen? amen? Amen. And many people want to know, well, uh, you know, I'm just settling. Can I tell you this? You do not need to settle. God has somebody for you, but guess what? You can only expect that God will bring you what you are compatible with. So if you're not living for God, don't expect that God's going to bring you a godly little woman. Amen? You need to be the man you need to be before God's going to allow you. You want a righteous fox and you keep praying for a righteous fox, then guess what? You need to be a righteous man. Amen? Because that's the way it works. You don't start being something after the fact. I know so many young people that say, well, I'm young right now. I'm going to go sow my wild oats. I'm going to live like I want to live. I'm going to do all the things I want to. But then when God sends me a godly woman, I'm going to straighten up. I'm going to be a godly man, and we're going to have a godly marriage. That is the biggest bunch of baloney. The devil has sold you a lie. That is not the way it works. That is not the way it will happen. Amen. If you want a godly marriage, the time to start is now. Men, women, single men, women, uh, youth, teenagers, children even. It's never too young to get that down. That I need to be... Listen, the thing about it is, I don't believe God would have blessed me with that woman if I hadn't given my heart to God and lived for Him and tried to be the best godly man I could in my 20s. Amen? It was me being a godly man and striving to be a godly man in my early 20s that I think led to the blessing of her. Amen. All right. Take that for what it's worth. All right. Live a Christ-centered life today. Many, people, many single people want to say, Later, I'll get involved in church. Uh, later, I'll start reading my Bible. Uh, later, I'll get serious about God. But now, I'm all about fun. I'm all about my thing. I'm all about what makes me happy and what makes me comfortable. Guess what? That is a self-centered way of living. Amen so change it now here's the thing if you want change in your life do it you have to take the action god says he'll help us but guess what he says you have to take a step toward me you have to take a step of faith i get very aggravated with people who always want to gripe about everything but then they never want to do anything to change it if you're unhappy with your life or you're unhappy with your situation in life if you're unhappy with your spiritual condition in life or even if you're unhappy at your job or you're unhappy with this, then take the actions to change it. You gripping about it, it's a vicious cycle. It's just going to be a vicious cycle, round and round. If you got something wrong in your life or you need to be a better person, then just, just do it. Just get after it and do it, all right? Okay, uh, I'm running behind here. So uh, put that next slide up. You don't build a life of righteousness in the future on a foundation of sin today. Whew, that's a good one right there. Read it again. You don't build a life of righteousness in the future on a foundation of sin today. All right? Uh, Marriage. Submit to the other. Now, many men want to take scriptures on marriage, and they want to use it as a license to rule their wife with an iron thumb. Bless God, I'm the man. God says, I'm the man. And God says, I'm in charge. Listen, that's really not what it says. You need to go back and you need to read it more distinctly. It really says that we are to submit to one another. you know. Now, ultimately, I believe that the man is the head of the house. But guess what? Men, if you don't value your wife's opinion, and if you don't realize that your wife was given to you as a helpmate, and you don't seek her opinion, and you don't seek her, her godly counsel, then you are a fool. I am a fool if I don't do that. And don't take, don't take that thing of, as a... A license to say, I'm to be the dictator at my house. That is not what the Bible says. The Bible never says you were to be the dictator of your house. It says you were to be the leader of your house. That means you need to lead with humility, and you need to lead in a godly way. Amen. And also it says, men, to treat your wives as Christ loved the church. He died and gave himself up for her. Amen. So that's that's the way it is. All right. So men, don't, don't use scripture to twist things and make it be the way you want it to well god says i'm the i'm the leader of my house and my wife should just submit to me all the time listen god gave you that woman and uh, ultimately you are the head of the house and you will answer for that but uh, along with that also you'll answer for how you treated your wife and how you treated your family and how you treated your marriage okay all right uh last thing so what can you do what's one thing you could do today to make your marriage better to make it more God-centered. This is going to be a real easy homework assignment. I could give you three things, and you probably wouldn't do any of them. I'm going to give you one thing and see if you can do it, all right? You got one piece of homework for this week. Pray together every day. If there's one thing you could do, if there's one thing I could say, Mark, what's the one thing I could do to kind of start to have a godly marriage? It would be this right here. Pray together every day. Couples that pray together, stay together. Now, you may say, well, that's, that, I don't know if that's true, Mark. Listen, if you pray together every day, it just makes it harder to fight, harder to argue. It's hard to hate somebody who is sitting across from you praying for you. It's harder to be angry when you're praying together. So I'm saying this, that it may not be foolproof, but it's really, really hard to treat that other person with vengeance and bitterness and anger when they're sitting across from you And they are praying for you Alright So guess what And I'm not saying it has to be a long prayer It doesn't need to You're not, you know, you're not praying over uh, Congress Or anything It doesn't have to be flowery it, it can be short It can be sweet And we're going to go over that uh, How to pray with your spouse But one thing Pray Alright In fact go ahead and put that up there How to pray with your spouse Alright Here's how to pray with your spouse Number one Keep it short you're not Billy Graham. We're not impressed with your Billy Graham. You're not preaching a sermon. Keep it short. All right. Uh, number two, keep it consistent. Pray every day. It's not the length of time, it's not what you say, it's being consistent in what you do. All right. I still think one of the greatest prayers that you can pray every day is Jesus, help me. Amen. It's short, it's to the point, and Jesus completely understands it. All right. So, Keep it short. Keep it consistent. It's not as much about what you say as it is about being consistent in having that prayer time with your, your spouse and your family, all right? And number three, if you miss a day, and you will, don't miss two. If, it's, it's simple. You are going to miss a day, it's going to happen, but guess what? Then just pick it right up. It's kind of like a diet. You mess up on the diet. Uh, you know, don't go buy the entire box of donuts, amen? Uh, get back on the diet the next day. That's the way you jump back on the horse, all right? So if you miss a day, don't miss two, all right? Um, if Christ is your one, then you aren't on your own. Now, I want you to look at this. A marriage should be a covenant between you, your spouse, and God. And guess what? Here is the way to make it happen. Make God number one, make your spouse number two. Now, I love Julie, and she knows I love her, but I think she also knows she's unfortunately number two, and she's okay with that. God's number one, she's number two, all right? So make God your number one, because guess what? Your marriage with God in it is the only way your marriage is gonna be successful. Why? Because he's praying for you, he is directing you, he is working together in all things for your good, When you are weak, he is strong. When you stray, he loves you back into the fold. When your spouse is drifting, his spirit spirit works in mysterious ways. Do you want to know the greatest thing? Now, I told you earlier, I can't change Julie. Julie's Julie, and she's going to be Julie. Amen? And I can't change her. Not that I want to. But if we have a disagreement, or we're just not, you ever just had those days? You're not even disagreeing, but you're just not, you're not jiving. doesn't seem like you're on the same page. And uh, some days, guess what? There's this thing called free will. And I can't control her free will. She can't control my free will. But you know what the most uh, encouraging thing I can do and the most strong thing I can do? It's amazing how if I feel like her and I aren't jiving together or it's not going, to just begin to pray for her. And here's the way to pray. I just say... Holy Spirit, I don't know what's going, but uh, I feel like, you know, our, our flame's kind of gone out or it's flickering. And so, Lord, I need you to just kindle, rekindle our love for each other. Amen. And I need you to, Holy Spirit, I need you to do something in Julie and just give us that flame back and give us that heart for one another back again. It's a powerful, powerful, powerful prayer. I cannot change her, but guess what? You know, there, I do know somebody who can change her. He's called the Holy Spirit. And so I begin to pray the Holy Spirit over my wife and say, Lord, I want our marriage to be good, but we need to, it takes work. we got to work together. So, Lord, give us a desire for each other and a passion for each other and let us be uh, on each other's thoughts and all those things because the Holy Spirit can draw her and do things inside of her that I cannot do. Amen. So pray with your spouse and pray for your spouse. Amen. Can I tell you, and I'm going to end with this, a very dangerous thing. Kids are a blessing from the Lord. Some of you got young kids. I'm looking at Chris and Sarah here. And then some of you got teenagers. God bless you, amen. Nobody told you about that. Uh, You know, some of you are right in the middle of it. Let me encourage those of you who have just started having kids or got teenagers or whatever. um, Pay attention to your marriage. Do you know... The biggest age group getting divorced right now is people who have been married about, like, Julie and I in 20 and 30 years. And here's why. Because they raise their kids, and they get so consumed on raising their kids, they put all their focus for about 20 years, 25, depending on how many kids and what ages. Uh, But they put all their focus for 20 to 30 years on raising these kids, and they completely forget about cultivating their relationship with each other. And then those kids leave the house And 20, 30 years down the road, they they look at each other and they go, who the heck are you? You know, we didn't spend any time together over the last 20, 30 years. We didn't have any date nights. We didn't go anywhere. We barely talked to each other. It was all about the kids and getting them to the ball games and classes and school activities. And now I don't even know who you are. So let me tell you, parents with kids, take the time. Get a date night. I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. But get a date night. Because guess what? God had you marry, those, uh, marry that spouse. He gave you those kids. But guess what? He intends for those kids to leave the house. Now, some of them, it takes a lot longer to get them out of there. Amen? But I will tell you this. God didn't intend for your kids to live with you the rest of your life, and you still have a marriage that will continue on after those kids leave the house. And you better spend time cultivating your marriage. Amen? And so one of the things I love... Is I love looking at couples been married. How many of you in here have been married 40 years or longer? Amen. How many have been married 50 years or longer? Amen. Good. All right. Amen. I got a couple of them in here. Amen. Got another one back there. These should be the people that we look to. These should be the people that we want to say we want to mentor us. Amen. Listen, if you want to know how to have a good marriage, go seek one of those people out. Amen. I know people all the time that want to. They get mad at their spouse, and they want to uh, talk about their marriage, and they go talk to a bunch of divorced people. That's like asking a fat man how to diet, amen? It makes absolutely no sense. If you want to get skinny, don't come talk to me, amen? Amen? You talk to somebody who you can look up to and say, that's where I want to be. That's where my goal is, all right? So these people that just raised their hand, those are the people that we ought to go, how in the world... Do you stay married 40 years 50 years it's a lot of work isn't it amen it is a lot of work and uh, it doesn't happen by accident you have to be intentional bow your head and close your eyes if you would and I, I wanted to pray over you i want to pray over all the marriages and families in this uh in this building but uh, before that I always want to give a chance, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, if you would say right now, Mark, I'm not sure where I would go if I were to die right now, uh, you don't need to leave this place wondering. God has given us a no so salvation, and it's all because it's Jesus's blood on the cross, and that is the gospel. So if you're here today and you need to rededicate your life, or you need to pray that prayer and say, Jesus, I need you, um, pray this prayer with me in your heart. Say, Dear Jesus... I'm a sinner. I admit that I'm a sinner. And Jesus, I believe that you died on that cross for my sins. And so, Lord, right now, the best way I know how, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Wash my sins, Lord. God, help me to live you. I give my heart and my life to you. Have you prayed that prayer today for the first time, the second time? Hundred time, Maybe you just need to recommit your life. Maybe that was the first time you prayed it. Would you just slip up a hand? just want to pray over you. Anybody? All right. Is there anybody today that would say, Brother Mark, I need to join the church today. I need to tie in with Landmark Baptist Church. I've been coming. I've been uh, being a part here. But I need to make it official. I need to make this my church home. Would anybody say that today? Just slip up a hand. All right. And here's how I want to end this today. I want to pray a prayer of blessing over every one of you. And I want to pray it especially for every marriage here and every family here. Because listen, the devil does not like it when you have a good marriage and when you have a good family. Especially a godly marriage and a godly family. So I'm going to pray against the devil in your marriage and your family. And I'm going to pray for the blessings of God upon you, all right? Father, I love you. I thank you for everybody in this place. Lord, and right now, I want to pray a prayer blessing over everybody in this room, and especially every marriage in this room, every family in this room. And God, I just pray that, God, you would anoint them use them father god i pray against the enemy i pray that lord you would bind satan from every marriage here and from every family here and god i pray lord that you'd help every husband in this room to say lord help me be a better husband help me to be a better father i pray that you'd be with every spouse here lord and every wife that you would help them to say lord help me to be a better wife help me to be a better mother a more godly woman lord may we seek you and may we take the action to do those things and change those things in our life need to change. Bless us, Lord. Bless this church and bless our families. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Amen.